I guess so. Not ready is good, so okay. So if, if you're not ready to do that, go ahead, Donna Bond. <laughs> well, I am Donna Bond. I am a catalyst for personal transformation. I'm the author of Original Wisdom, Harness the Power of the Authentic You, and Jeff Smith told me this was my chance to screw around. <laughs> you can find me at DonnaBond.com. We'd love to connect. I love it. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. Great laugh. All right. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Eric Zimmer, thank you so much for coming back. To Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going, man? It is going well. Uh, <laughs> besides for the fact that I got a headache and I got to take a crap. <laughs> no, not true. It's what you want me to say. You set me up for this. <laughs> but I'm willing to. I'm willing to do it because we're going to talk something about spiritual habits and all that. But I think that levity is absolutely a spiritual virtue. Having a good laugh. Yes. Is. is is a big part of the spiritual. We can life. talk more about that because like, I think I try to walk that line and I know you try to walk that line too. Right. Of, yep. because a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, like addiction, recovery, you know, all these things, they're kind of heavy, you know, yeah, that they, they're not kind of heavy. They're fucking heavy. <laughs> so it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to know when it's okay to laugh and, and be light. What's fascinating, though, is if you walk into any sort of recovery meeting in the world, you'll hear a ton of laughter. Like I laughter, bet. part of the way... It's part of the that, lube, social lube. That's right. And it's part of the way we heal and, and take shame away, right? Right. Because when you laugh about something, you kind of suspend judgment on it temporarily, and you can look at it in a different way. Yeah. And that's kind of what we need with these really heavy topics is a little bit of... Yeah opening of consciousness so that we yep. can relax around it. Right, right. Yeah, I've had like two recent conversations where we're talking about attending a, a parent's death. Mm. And that is like, you. I, I'm kind of like trying to feel out where I can lighten <laughs> the mood, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Because you don't want to leave people there, right? So, you know, it's it's great. I think it's the value of the show is going to those places and talking about those things. That's but you don't want to leave people there, right? You don't yeah. want to, you know, leave them in the dark hallway. <laughs> okay. So you are at oneufeed.net and you've been on this show twice before, sort of. We'll talk about that, but at least once and twice because I recycled the other old one from the other show. <laughs> so we've already sort of done your Vroomy Veery story, but let's just talk briefly about the one you feed and uh, what you're most excited about over there in your business and your podcast. I think I'm most excited about this spiritual habits program that we have developed. Um, right. It's just, I, I started it a couple years ago, sort of trying to tie together two of the things I'm most interested in, which is behavior change and, and habits and 
you know, spiritual life, spiritual principles, and how how might those two, if they came together, uh, amplify each other? And so that's kind of what the program has been. So I'm excited about that, and and I'm excited about it partially just because it's it's I love teaching it, but the other part that's been wonderful is that we we create these small groups of people, and a lot of those small groups of people continue to meet with each other well after the program. Oh wow! And I just okay. love that it's creating and community for people. It's just, it's something I've, it's a problem I've been trying to solve for years and I feel like we're kind of on the right track. So I'm excited about that. That's fun. Yeah. So it's like you, you made your own little village. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as we, as we talked about, like, you know, I, I come from a recovery background and right. there's a, there's a lot of beauty in recovery support groups. Totally. And yeah. I've often thought like, I wish there was a way to give that for other people. Like, right. how can you create something that's that intimate, that supportive, that loving, that uh, funny for for other people? And so th- I, I feel like I'm finally kind of cracking that code after yes. thinking about it for years. Right, right, right. Yeah, because <clears throat> I've often thought that. And I think Paul Williams, he did, he was a recovery guy. That uh, you you know who Paul Williams is, singer songwriter. Oh, the singer songwriter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Short little dude. He hung yeah. out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Famously drunk on TV. How's that sound? <laughs> there's a there's a a video of him on YouTube, and I think it's on the documentary where he was hosting the Tonight Show when Johnny uh-huh. Carson was off. Totally lit. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that. That's worth watching just to, because it's funny and sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> he tried to do that too. He was like, recovery is awesome and it should be for everybody. Yeah. I would say that's awesome. But what he said was, uh, it's perfect as long as you don't tell people that's what you're basing your program on. Because nobody's going to come to a thing and say, hey, this is like recovery for the rest of us. Don't say that. That's what he was. Well, right. And you don't <clears throat> yeah. want to... You, you don't, don't want to I mean, sell it like that. Right. And you don't want to position it as we're coming here because we're broken. Right. right? Totally. It's, a, it's we're coming here because we want to grow. Right. And we're coming here because, yeah, life is life is challenging. You know, life yeah. is challenging. And we can all use help and support as we walk. Every day. Yes. Yes. In well, life. actually, we, we need it. We found that out. And I'm, I'm again, that's like we can get more into that. I think we talked about it before, but like a lot of what. One of the biggest things in my life that caused depression, anxiety, sort of like all those things that, you know, you don't want in your life is like isolation, physical isolation, right? So that was happening to me when we talked the last two times because I was just basically not having a job at all, maybe going to college here and there. And my wife was working full time. So I was mostly alone all day, all week, right? And you already know that's not good for humans. <laughs> it's, it's not an ideal state. No. no, no. And it's not, I mean, you don't, I wasn't depressed at all, but I felt it, you know, I felt mm-hmm. it, you know, I didn't yeah. go. <clears throat> so when I would go and have lunch with my buddy once a week, I would be like, just sad. <laughs> 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 when I was done, you know, I was like, <sighs> 
you know, maybe I'll go have a beer and watch some more TV. You know, that was, you know, I think that was one of the comments that we said was like, uh, I wanted to do nothing at all. And I was like, no, I've done that before. That's just beer and TV. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We we have this fantasy of like, I would just love to, you know, be able to do whatever I want with my time. And, and, uh, right. Well, ultimately, yes, we want our time to be a reflection of what we value, you know, just having nothing to do is, or no plan of how to do it, when to do it, what to do. It doesn't work well for me and doesn't work well for most people I know. And and coached and all that. I would say isolation and that sort of time is awesome in very small doses. Yes. You need it in small doses, but you also need something that you're working on, something that engages your problem solving, something that contributes and then you need people around, you know, or a dog. <laughs> Dogs are good. I got two of them here in this apartment, and right. uh, they they are they are very good. Uh, I think you know that this idea of needing people is so important, and boy, Huge. has it been tough for people. Yeah, you know, it's it's partially why we're seeing a mental health crisis emerging from the pandemic. Right, is, you know, people are isolated, and while we're an online platform, you and I. Um, you know, I'm really interested in how can I facilitate connection between people because online connection isn't, I would say it's not quite as good as face-to-face connection, it's Not as good, right. but it's a whole lot better than nothing. <clears throat> right. 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 And we can build meaningful connections with people online that do matter to us. And, right. and, um, and that's for a lot of people. I'm working with a coaching client. She's immunocompromised. She can't get the vaccine. She can't. I mean, she's isolated and she's right. just, Oof. yeah, that's she's rough. been like, I need personal face to face stuff, but I can't have it. So instead there's nothing. And, and we're working on like, there are, there's a lot of place between nothing and everything. Right. Yes. You know, yes. And, and that's part of, you know, been my my way of working with people and part of the spiritual habits program, too, is, you know, little by little, a little can become a lot. So if we start piecing together little moments of connection before we know it, we're like, oh, OK, I'm not so isolated. Right. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> and the thing about like a Zoom call, right, is if you can have a Zoom call and even simulate eye contact, yeah. <laughs> that helps. It helps. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It it, it, it does make a big difference. I've noticed this just to be like, while I'm on this call, I'm not going to do any of the 50 distractions that are at my fingertips. Correct. Yeah. I'm, and I'm going to, like you said, I'm looking at you right now. I'm looking in your eyes. I'm right. trying, I'm, I'm trying to connect. And, right. and so it does take more effort that way, Yeah. but we can do it better and, and worse. And, and so, you know, yeah. there, there is more, there is connection available there if we, if we go after it in the right way. Totally. So let's get into this, uh, <clears throat> some of the principles that you're using for your program, because yeah. you sent me a list of things that sounds fun. And then, uh, as we talk about it, I might interject because, uh, I just listened to, uh, I did some cyber stalking on you. So I okay. listened to your show with you and Chris and talking about your friendship. Oh, yeah. yeah. A- as, as instant feedback, do more of that because that was awesome. <laughs> We've been getting a lot. Of- <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, it's so interesting because both Chris and I are very reticent to sort of talk about ourselves. You it's know? a little too like meta. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, well, the podcast is so very focused on 
to, at least to me on ideas and strategies and 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 ways that right. and the and the the humanness I hope weaves through that. But for Chris and I to just sort of say, well, we're going to talk about ourselves for an hour it feels felt, weird. <laughs> but yeah. but again, we were able to explore lots of principles and ideas, and and um, I agree, I love doing it. We have gotten outstanding feedback on it that yeah. it just really. You know, I'm jealous because I've, into the family. I've had friendships like that, you know, with dudes, right? Yeah. Best friends. Like I still have a, a friend that I knew since I was five, you know, yeah. he's that wow. one of the guy that he can text me anytime, you know, and call me anytime it, and we just pick it up. Right. So yep. I have those. They're just not here. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. So it's like, I don't know how many I've got. It's quite a few, you know. Um, and then as I as I pick them up, you know, I just think, man, I, I need this now here in Vegas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what uh, one of the things that you and Chris brought up. But still, again, I could be Zooming. You know, I should be Zooming more with it's free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and I've I've made a, um, you know, I've made an effort not a good enough effort, but recently I've sort of said, you know, I have met and talked to a lot of people, right. you know, on the podcast and I'm going to just pick a handful of them and I'm just going to say, reach out and be like, I'd like to talk to you. Just not just on a show. You. Yeah. Not just to talk. Podcast, right. Not, just to chat. Like I, I feel a connection. I'd like to deepen that. And sometimes that's as adults, we just have to do it and it feels awkward and it feels a little bit weird, but right. And, and and a lot of times it doesn't work, you know. Making friends as adults is tricky because we're often we're often at different places in life, you right, know. Right. You meet somebody and there's a little bit of connection, but uh, your kid just graduated college and you got lots of free time, and they've got a three and a five year old, and they've got zero free time, and so right. it just doesn't. Right. It doesn't right. Right. It's why it works so well in school because everybody's in this exact same place in their life. So it just yes. naturally works. Yes. So, so people, humans need sort of like a <clears throat> context. Like yes. in, in a social context, friendships are automatic. That's, that's sort of like my, I mean, it's that, not like automatic that you're going to be friends with everybody. I'm just saying like, that is the context. Like if you go to like, when I went to massage school, Right easy yep. peasy, just making friends because guess what? You're going to be spending <laughs> hours and hours yeah. a day with them, you know, and you're screwing around and sharing time. You're going to connect with some of those people. And it's just, that's what humans do. Right. That's right. That's a great way of saying it. Context. And, and that's part of what in, you know, again, I don't want to always be referring to the spiritual habits program, but that's the part of it I'm most excited mm -hmm. about is that is the creating fact that I context. feel like we're creating that yeah. context and yeah. people start talking in these weekly calls and they, they start to have a shared language. Cause that's the other thing that happens, <laughs> right? Right. Yes. It happened. AA. it's happened in my Zen practice. I'm sure it happened to you in massage school and psychology school. Right. You start to have a shared language right. that allows you to sort of reference things that allow that, allows that friendship to build. And so I, I agree. I think it's, I think that's a great observation. Yeah. Create. Yeah. So anyway, so we were going to talk about, uh, let's talk about these four principles that make it easy to build any habit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So is that based on anything in the past or is that just something? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Just, just made it up out of whole cloth. No, uh, um, I like it. <laughs> just, I, I just wrote a bunch of stuff, pulled it out of a hat and said, oh, I'm just going to be these four. Okay. Um, 
No, I it's it's based on um a lot of our podcast interviews have been with behavior change scientists and okay. practitioners. How do we how do we change? And then obviously I have been in the recovery movements for 25 years. So I've been, I mean, obsessed with how, why do some of us get it and others don't? Right. You know, okay. What, and, and then in my own life, how do I build this habit versus that habit? And then, you know, coaching hundreds of people, these things have sort of started to emerge. Okay. And so I won't say these are the only four principles, but they're four pretty foundational ones. Okay. Um, and the first is to know your why. Like, why are you doing this? Why does this matter? Yeah, that's pretty big. You know, if we're not clear on that, it it's hard to get a lot of energy behind it. Um, and, and a lot of times when people are like, well, I just keep trying to do this and I can't do it. The question sometimes to ask is, do you, why are you trying to do it? Right. Maybe you're trying to do something that just isn't that important to you. And if it's not that important to you, let it go. But if mm -hmm. it is, Let's clarify why. Let's get emotional about why it matters. And then uh, yeah, the next, yeah, yeah. that's that's big yeah. because we yeah. always do everything that we act on has to flow from an emotional sort of. You can't yeah. intellectualize getting to doing something, right? That, you can't that's right. think thing like I'm going to think that I need to uh, exercise more. No, you have to feel an emotion that drives that, right? Yes. That's right. right. And so a, a way to do that is to, it, it's an exercise that comes out of the Japanese uh, uh, Kanban, you know, sort of. My wife uh, is from Japan, so I yeah. spend a lot of time in Japan. <laughs> yeah, I think it, comes, it may come straight out of Toyota or something, right? <laughs> but it, I, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Okay. Like that may be. But it may have a deeper, may, may be deeper than that, but it certainly got picked up in the, in the Japanese sort of manufacturing renaissance. Okay. And it was to ask why five times. All right. I, I want to do this. Why? Well, I want to do it because I want to be in better shape. Why? I want to be in better shape because the way I feel in my body just day to day doesn't feel very good. Why is that important? You keep drilling down. And, mm. and at a certain point, you can't go any further. But what it's doing, it's getting into you in touch with that energy of emotion. And, and what ah, you may find right, right, down right. there might be good or bad. You might be like, ah, because this feels awful. Right. Or because, oh, no, this feels good. Or I'm doing it because I want to be around for my grandkids' graduation. Great. That's a beautiful right. motivation, right? But right, what's right. under it? So know your why. Um, from there, start small is a, is a, is start small is, is very important. Right. Yeah. You know, just, and, and this is a calibration, right? You, you, how small should you start? Well, it depends, right? It's hard to know. But what I say is if you're, if you're trying and you're not succeeding, bring make it, it down, smaller. Yeah. make it smaller, make it smaller. You know, you can, yeah, to, to a certain point, like I built a beautiful meditation practice after 15 years of failing at it from really committing to three minutes That's awesome. and just yeah. being serious about that three minutes. And then I was able to build. And now, I mean, it, it's, it, it's a big part of my life. Right. Um, the next is to kind of, is to be specific. What am I doing? When, where, why, et cetera. Ver going to use our example of like, well, I want to get in better shape. That's not going to work as well as every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m., I'm going to take a walk around the block for 20 minutes. Okay, that's concrete. I can do it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> because right. yeah. we, we want to drive ambiguity out of the process. 
ambiguity is our enemy because you can imagine like if you just say to yourself i'm gonna work out right yeah i'm just i'm gonna work out right so then when you get to that time to put on your shoes then you have to think about it (laughs) that's That's exactly right and if for example i'm like i'm gonna work out today right okay well when I'm going to spend a are lot you of time. drive to yeah. the gym. Are you yes. gonna, where are your shoes? You know, <laughs> and right. all that, all that deciding can talk burns, you out of it. Right. Burns energy. It totally. burns resources. Right. So what we, and so when it comes time to do it, you're already depleted, which leads us to kind of the last one, which is to separate decision from action, decide ahead of time what you're going to do. So when the time comes, you're not in a deciding process. You're just in a doing process. You're executing. Yes. You can, you can put all of your cognitive resources and energy and willpower into just doing. Mm. The other thing is you can decide from a better place, right? There, there's often, I think of like, we have a, a, a higher self and a, and a lower self. And I'm, I, I don't mean this in a spiritual sense. I actually just mean this in a metaphorical sense. Okay. The higher self is the me that can step back and go, what's good for me? Okay. Oh yeah. I do. This is what's important. This is what matters. This is what, this is how I want to orient my life and it can make good decisions. Then there's the me that shows up moment to moment, day to day. Mm -hmm. This is the moment of me that shows up that has a headache Mm -hmm. that was just out on the road, rushing around and feels frazzled, Mm -hmm. you know, is hungry, didn't Mm -hmm. sleep well last night. We don't want that self making the decisions, right? Because it's inevitably short-sighted and right. it's inevitably focused on my mood. We it's want to energy be compromised. <laughs> that's yes. Yeah. And that's a big deal. It so is. we want we want to be living our life from that those better decisions. Right. So so separating decision from action. So those are the four principles kind of in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. And I love the way you said, I'm gonna take a walk around the block for 20 minutes because I've been doing that and it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do it immediately. If I'm going to do it, I do it like right out of bed. Right. So it's like yeah. I go in, I do the, the little bathroom thing. I get the coffee going and then I put my shoes on and I'm out the door. Right. There's no That's thinking. <laughs> and you've, you've got all the key elements there. Right. You, right. you know what you're doing. Right. You know when you're doing it. It's not anchored to a time. Right. But it's anchored to I'm, these. I'm other out of bed. Events. Right. Yes. Yeah. I get out. This happens. This happens. So we in the behavior change science we call that an uh, uh, an anchoring kind of trigger, okay. or an event based trigger, which right. I'm going off of something I already do. Right. You know, we all have some of these things. After I walk the dogs, like if you've got dogs, you take your dog out every morning. It always happens. Right. It's a great trigger. You can anchor to it. Right. After I make my coffee. That always happens. Right. You know? <laughs> when I get in bed, that always happens. So we can right. anchor things to, to events. other events. Yeah, events. We don't always have to right. anchor at time. Right. Right? We don't have to be 7 a.m. Sometimes right. 7 a.m. is the right thing, but sometimes it's the other events are a better anchor. You just, sure. It, it, yeah, and, it gets, and it get, it'll get short-circuited uh, if it's summertime in Vegas and I sleep in. Because then I get out of bed and it's too damn hot. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's okay. Then I just say, well, that's okay. It's the weekend. We can go to the casino and spend $2 and walk for as long as we want. <laughs> that's great. It's a, that's, a, that's what we would call sort of a... a We're going to do that anyway. We do that every day. You know, it's like... Yeah. 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 But flexibility is a, 
you know, b- building long-term habits takes this combination of a certain amount of rigidity yeah. and stubbornness and a certain amount of flexibility, you sure. know, which is like, like you just said, like if you were being only rigid, you would wake up and you'd be like, well, it's too hot to walk. That's it. Right. Instead, you're like, okay, it's too hot to get my exercise and my movement in that way, but it's still important enough to me. That's the rigidity. Right. That, but I'm going to be flexible and I'm going to go do it in a different way. It's a, it's a it, you know, it's a beautiful strategy. Yeah. Middle, middle road kind of idea. Oh, that, well, that is one of, <laughs> that is one of the principles in spiritual habits. One of the principles really? is the middle and we explore. So let's talk all about the middle the way. What is the middle way? I'll talk about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to be fun and easy, but I didn't. This is yeah. extra fun and yeah. easy. Right. Yes. Well, the middle way is a concept that that phrase flows most recently out of Buddhism, but okay. that concept is everywhere. You can look at, um, you know, all the Greek philosophers. You can look at any philosophical tradition you want to look at you know, uh, Confucius, it's everywhere. And it's this idea that there is a path that avoids the extremes. Yeah. You know, and so, and and we can look at anything through this light. So for example, a great way to look at it is like a character trait. You might say like, well, okay, what's courage? Well, courage is actually a, a, a middle place between being rash and foolish and being and being like uh, paralyzed by fear, it's actually kind of in between there. Right, it's a middle ground <laughs> where yes. you're like right. same thing. Like kindness, kindness is a middle ground between you know being um, mean and being a doormat. Like there's a there's a place. So we we want to look <laughs> at all these things. Right. But uh, the middle way also then starts to apply to like we just talked about, like with exercise, which is like okay, well. I couldn't do it that way, but I'm going to be flexible. Um, or, you know, the middle way with, with things like exercising habits really happens because a lot of times we're like, if I don't do it perfect, I just quit. Oh, uh, the all or nothing kind of thing. All or nothing. Right, right, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. And so, so in the, in the program, we're exploring that all, you know, where are all the places that all or nothing thinking shows up <clears> in our life? That makes me think of a couple things. So, uh, are you a video gamer? Do you ever get into video games or computer games? Not so much. I mean, I've played them, but it's never been a big thing of mine. So there was this game that I played with a friend. It was called uh, Portal Two. Okay, and it probably was the most fun co-op kind of game. Uh huh. So it's cooperative. That means that you need him mm-hmm. to solve this puzzle. So they're 3D puzzles, right? So every map, every level has like two pieces of a puzzle. It's like you've got to figure out what the hell's going on. Uh Uh-huh. And then you have to figure out how to execute the solution. With this other person. That's With the other person, yes. And you have to do it together, right? Yeah. So we both had like different personalities, right? So I tended to be the run in and die, right? Because there was very little consequence to killing your little robot. Right. right. So you would die and I would get some information. <laughs> okay, that kills me. Okay, I can't do that jump, right? Things like that. And yep. he was like loath to die, right? He didn't yeah. want to kill his little robot ever, right? But 
he also he would just like walk around the edges very carefully. <laughs> yeah. So we were using extremes to explore that middle path. A- a- absolutely. That's another way. I'm I'm so glad you said that. That's another way. It's not always the middle way is not always split the difference. Right. Sometimes the middle way is I actually hold these two very different ideas or these two very different concepts. Right. Or like you said, I, I I've got one person's here, other person's here. The combination of us actually gives result- you more information. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. So, so yeah, the middle way is not always just split the difference, right? There's an old King Solomon, you know, tale where he's, you know, talking about two mothers who are arguing over uh, whose baby it is, and he's like, "Well, we'll just let's just cut the baby in half, then split it." I remember well, that I mean, story. <laughs> right. It doesn't. That doesn't. That doesn't work. There, there's actually more wisdom in that story because he's actually trying to ferret out who the real, real mother, mother is. is real right. mother is. No way. But it. But it speaks to the point that. Not everything is just well. Run it right down the middle. Right. Totally. Not the only way on the middle on the middle way. The other thing about the middle way that's really important is depending on where you are on any given thing, you may need to go a very different direction. So I may, if I'm working with coaching clients, some of them are way too hard on themselves, and we've got to really work on undoing that. Right. Other people are just they have no interior accountability structure. We've got to work on building that. And mm. so so that's why I love the middle way because it points to for any of us, right. all right, which which way am I over too much on? How do I want to correct? Right. So there, there's there's so much wisdom. You can actually like overdo the middle way. <laughs> Yeah, you, you have to moderate your moderation. <laughs> right. That, that's right. And yeah. and and it doesn't work for everything. Like I believe in the middle way so deeply and I believe in moderation and I'm a recovering alcoholic and that right. I, that moderation does not work in that area for me. I just you had can't. to say, yeah, you know what? Right. It's off. It's it, got to be off. Right. right. You know, and so, so yeah, it's, it, it doesn't work in, in every area, but there are, I mean, there are so many applications of it that we could look at in our lives. You know, totally. you could look at it like what's the middle way between uh, obsessing about the state of the world and the news and making myself insane right. versus sticking my head in the sand and not knowing anything. Right. Where's the middle way there? Right. And right. depending on your your personality type, you might go, OK, I need to move a little bit that other direction. You know, totally. and the middle way is going to be different. The answer to that question is going to be very personal for you. Where is right. it? Right, but right, it's right. always a good question to ask. Am I am I in all or nothing thinking? Am I over too far to one extreme? Right. You know, it's always a useful question. And I like uh, I think um, making it one of those principles was making it start small. I think is what it start you said. small. Yeah. Start small. Yeah. That I think is huge. It's it's I think it if you're trying to learn how to make a habit, the start small thing for me was like a huge aha because I think yes. that kind of get lost, especially say like trying to work out, right? Be, there's this sort of like all or nothing thinking in that like, oh, well, you're not doing it right. <laughs> totally, <laughs> right. totally. Sometimes you just need to learn how to make a habit and to learn how to make a habit, it should be so easy that it's like near impossible to fail, right? You, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It really, you know, again, this is a calibration. How small you need to go depends on who you are. But your point is very, very important. When, if we look at the way, like, 
world-class trainers work with world-class athletes. What they do, or what, I'm not going to say this is the case for everyone, but, but one approach is that they look at, they sort of go, all right, in order for this, this athlete to compete at the level we want, we need them working out at this amount at this intensity. Right. But where they start is they go, okay, first let's focus on consistency. So if we need them work doing two workouts a day, five days a week, let's get them doing two workouts a day, five days a week. Now, again, for, for most of us, that's nowhere near starting small, but my point is they're focused on the consistency. Ah, right. They start, they'll make that workout as small as it needs to be just so that it gets the consistency. This is why my meditation habit of three minutes a day works so well, because I went, all right, I can do that every day. So now I've got consistency. Boom, boom, boom. Then they build duration. They go, okay, we're doing it for, uh, say an hour, or I'm doing my meditation for three minutes. They'll go, all right, let's go to an hour and a half. Or Mm -hmm. I might say, I'm going to go to meditating for five minutes. So then they build duration to where it needs to be. Mm. And then finally they turn up the intensity to where it needs to be. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the starting small You're is... You're building the scaffolding sort of... Yeah, yeah. And the consistency is the scaffolding. Right. If you can get that in place, right. then you can build it. You can... My meditation habit, you know, can go from three minutes a day to 30 to 40 minutes a day. Now, that takes a period of time, right. but, it, but that's where it can end up. We can build if we have that consistency down. Yeah, totally. I get it. That's, you know, and it works too. So I've, I've totally. used that to, to build habits. And uh, I actually surprised myself. We had uh, one of these work things where it's like they, they roped me into the um, summer fit challenge. Mm. Right. And at that point, I was already, I think, I was pretty committed to doing at least, I think, three nights a week. We were going to the casino to walk just mm-hmm. because I, I needed to get out of the house. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So I was, that was kind of easy. You know, it was just like yep. I've been in the house and then my wife got a job. So then I was alone again all day. So then I was like, ah, let's get out of the house. I just wanted a change of scenery. So that was easy. Um, when mm-hmm. the, uh, when the fit challenge kicked off, I was like, okay, I wonder how early I have to get out of bed. <laughs> Yeah. In Vegas in the summer, it turned out to be about four thirty. Um, oh my goodness, that's I know. A hot. Well, it was still dark, right? So even if it's like over a hundred degrees, and this, as long as the sun's not beating down on you, it's not as bad. It's weird what you get used to living in Vegas. That's what I'll say. I, yeah, <laughs> I imagine. It's yeah, a, it's an extreme climate. Exactly, exactly. But it, it, all those things, all those principles still worked. So I, I was going to say, I, I never really got leaderboard at anything because I wasn't doing anything that really counted as a workout. But I mm-hmm. did, I did because I was every day. I was lit, that was what, what I won on yeah. was every day. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. both of my workouts weren't really even workouts. I was just walking. <laughs> yeah. but you had the consistency I huge i think I, I i was up there with the every day because most people can't work out every day i mean you but if you're just walking for 20 minutes that's it's not really a workout you're just walking for 20 minutes and it's so good for you i mean there's yeah. so many reasons why a 20 minute walk every day is even if you are doing other things like right i have become a big fan the last couple of years of like pop out the door and do five minutes, pop out the door and do 10 minutes. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. You know, 
get out of the house in between, you know, because in between like coaching calls, oftentimes I'll have 10 minutes and I could sit at my computer for 10 minutes yeah. and catch up on email or right, play right. the game or <laughs> right. check, check, check the news. And right. I'm really pushing myself, like get up and move, either go outside and walk or totally. 10 minutes, of, you know, do a few minutes of yoga. Like I just have been little by, you know, it's that little by little, a little becomes a lot idea, right? Like, yeah all those little moments add up and they, they contribute to my physical and mental and emotional health. See, and we all have cell phones now. One of the things that I like doing that like got me moving, especially during, you know, 115 degree weather in Vegas, <laughs> I was listening to podcasts on my phone, walking around the house, like a rat in a yeah. maze that worked. I mean, I yeah. felt way better than just totally. sitting and watching TV or screwing around on the computer. We like I always do. Yeah. I mean, we had a woman on, it's been a long time ago. Her name was, but I remember it, uh, it stands out to me. Her name is Michelle Seeger and she, she was an exercise researcher. And her first rule was just move anytime, any way that, that you can just that right. if you just adopt right, right. that, rule, just when, when in doubt, move and do it in a way that feels okay to you. Like right. if you do that, yeah. you'll figure it out. You, you'll yeah. be all right. I liked that. I got into kettlebells. So uh, uh, I got two kettlebells, a 35 and a 45. Actually, mm -hmm. I already had the 45 from way back when. I bet you got a nice looking ass now then. <laughs> My ass is supreme. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, I just remember the early on in the kettlebell craze, that's what it, the people were saying. Like, oh, you know, for women, it's going to develop a, anyway. a really nice ass. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd have to ask my wife. I, I try not to judge my <laughs> own ass. <laughs> Probably good. Probably good. I, I, I love kettlebells. Let me, let me know what she says. Yeah. I love kettlebells because you can, uh, it, I don't like paying for a gym membership. I, you know, mm -hmm. I, I would rather it just be free. Um, I can go to the gym on the Air Force Base, but it's like a 30-minute drive. So that's yeah, that's yeah. like an hour of investment of, that I just don't want to do. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. There are studies about like the further your gym is from your house there's just an inverse less right. likelihood to actually work out. Like, I mean, it's been measured. It's like, well, if your gym's like three miles away, okay, decent. If it's 15 miles, I mean, right. so. Right, right, right. Now, now, some people just really are like, I need to get out and go work out at a place. Like, yeah. that's the thing. And so I'm not saying like, you know, you're, you're, you're having a gym's a bad I think idea. you've already got it. Like when I was doing yoga in LA, I was driving 30 minutes to get there. Yeah, but I that was a context that I was addicted to, right? That's I, right. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. There's was, no hard and fast rules here, right? Right. And, and and I was really into that that community. So yeah, um, yeah. It's not like I wouldn't drive thirty minutes, but you know, not starting. <laughs> yeah, it's so much well, easier in a pandemic to go in the backyard and you know I, play with kettlebells. I was always the go to the gym kind of guy. Right. Always, right, right, like right. my whole life. Um, and then uh, Peloton sponsored our show, and they oh, said we're right. going to send you one of those bikes. I never would have bought. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. They're, never would have. They're awesome, it. but they cost never a, an arm and a leg. Thought of it. Yeah. They sent the thing to me. Thirty days to use it, and after thirty days, I was like, "There is no way I'm sending this back. I know it's expensive, right. but it's worth like, it." 
I am getting incredible workouts at home and I am loving it. And I'm it's not fun. Turn, not turn this into a Peloton commercial. <laughs> That's okay. What I will say is that, that like follow what, what, follow what you feel interested in and what moves you. I doubt Peloton is something I'm going to want to do forever, mm -hmm. but like with yoga, you know, yeah. or me with Pilates or boxing, or right. right now I'm doing rock climbing, like oh, find, wow. that's fun. find something that's enjoyable. Yeah. That yeah. You, yeah. You know, follow your interest. Totally. Rock climbing sounds amazing. I am loving it. I mean, I'm doing it indoors. Let me be clear. I, I'm not out hanging off a crag yet. <laughs> Although maybe someday, someday I will. Yeah. But it has been, but it's that's, been really you, fun. You really have to work on your grip strength, right? To hold on to the, the little hand, hand holds. Yeah, you definitely grip strength, uh, forearm strength, but right. but also you know ability to sort of pull yourself up. So that kind of strength. Okay. Also legs. A lot a lot of rock climbing is legs. You really? know, you, okay. you the more you can use your legs, the better. They're just much stronger than your hands. That's true. That's and true. And so and then it's also um, I love it because it's a puzzle. You right. Know, right. 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 Great deal of like problem solving and problem solving. There's a great deal of technique. I mean, it's just a, I love any sort of movement that I can do that, that also gets my brain engaged mm, right, in some right, way, right. you know? Um, I mean, that's with Peloton that I, I like that because it was, it was always moving. It was like, you know, trying to get here, get the resistance here, get the speed here, hold it. Okay. Now oh, move wow. the resistance here, move the speed there. Now hold it. Okay. Like it, it, there's enough with my brain to do versus like, yeah, you know, and there's somebody I, on that that's live that you're watching and they're telling you to do these things kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. fun. And you're doing um, it with other people usually, is like in an online class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I tend to do the on-demand rides because okay. I just don't show up at a certain time. But even in those, there are other people that are doing <clears throat> them with you. And oh, neat. yeah, the, the community is fun. It's it they They've done a good job with that. But you can sort of look at some of those principles and say, all right, how do I build some of that into my own life, my own routines? Totally. So let's talk about this, these two surprising elements that drive all spiritual transformation. I like surprises and you I surprise. like spiritual transformation. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> how is that for marketing copy? The two surprising <laughs> elements that drive like, you know, perfect. Uh, you got to do it right. Um, but they're not, they're, they're, they're pretty straightforward and everybody's going to know about them. And, um, but they are foundational. And the okay. first is intention. And That's I huge. don't mean this, I don't mean this in like a, a law of attraction secret way. Like, Oh, right. if you just yeah. imagine a new car, it's going to show up. That's not, I, I actually mean something very different. Gotcha. I mean, who do I want to be in the world in different situations. Mm. What, who do I, you know, so it's really about asking about its intention is who do I want to be? But it's, it's also, you can look at it broadly, like, well, I want to be a kinder person, but you can also look at it very specifically. Like you're sitting down to have dinner with your wife. Who, what do I want? What's important about this? Mm -hmm. Who do I want to be during this? What do I want to bring to this? It takes us off of autopilot. Right. And allows us to become as the word says, intentional about what we're doing with our life. And 
that's what for a lot of us keeps us from greater spiritual growth is we're on autopilot. We're just right. going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. Maybe we build a meditation habit in the morning if we're lucky, if we can even get that far, but then the rest of the day, it's pretty divorced. So we got to think more often about what's important, my intention. And then the second is my attention. What am I doing with my attention? Right. And not to play word soup, but how does that tie back to my intention? Mm -hmm. So if my intention at dinner with my wife is to connect with her and be present, then I can, I can look, where's my attention? My attention might be on the last call I had at work. Well, that's mm -hmm. not aligned with my intention. So I bring it back. So where our attention is, is fundamental to the quality of life. It is perhaps the most fundamental thing right. about the quality of my life. What am I paying attention to? Wow. And, and does that align with what's most important to me, with what really matters, with where mm -hmm. I want it to be? So those two things are pretty foundational to any spiritual work, any development work that we want to do in life anywhere, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good, you know, because, uh, <clears throat> and I like the way that you, uh, well, you made me think of, you know, fighting with my wife. <laughs> All of my wife fights with my wife are my fault and stupid. <laughs> but Is that your opinion or hers? Um, probably both. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But I only know it after it seems like. But I think what you're saying is is like I think I've lost sort of like a a fight with myself, and I, I already know that I've lost that fight. So she's from Japan, right? So her mm -hmm. primary language is is Japanese. Her English is really good, right? But she mm -hmm. doesn't, you know, she's still not a native speaker, right? Yeah, and. It's really, really hard to forget that with somebody that you're so close with, intimate with. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do on a regular basis, and I know I do it. It's one of those things, though, that I have to get intentional about, like, why I'm, you know, let's not do that anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 And so, so yeah. And, and so the spiritual habits program is about those things and then saying, how can I actually start to bring them more into the moments of my life? You know, how right. do I do that? Right. And, and this is where the, the habit part comes in. This right. is where we go, oh, we can use things like triggers. We get, you know, there are, yeah. there are different types of triggers. Like you could be like, well, every time I go in the kitchen, I want to X. Mm -hmm. I, I call them building still points. And okay. they're, just, they're just small. But if we can build them, every time I go in the kitchen, I'll do X. Right. Every time I end one meeting, I'll do Y. Okay. Um, three times a day on my calendar, I'll take a minute. And once we have the still point, think of it as a container. We can put anything in it. Mm. So in that container, you could be like, every time I go into the kitchen, I'm going to remember how I want to treat my wife this evening. Oh, that's good. Boom. All right, now we've got a spiritual habit. I like that. So what we're doing throughout the program is we're taking these basic principles. Right. Uh, middle way. Um, other ones. And we're, and we're then using 
behavior change science to try and anchor those things at different points through our day so that we can start to live out of those principles more. Yeah. Like you said, every time I go to the kitchen, you could easily say every time I go to the bathroom or every time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody has to go to the bathroom. So that's like, (laughs) yeah, or every red light or, I mean, you you know, you look for the natural transitions in your life. Where Mm. are they? Perfect. And how can I anchor something in there that's positive? So let's talk about resistance. So what is, talk about resistance and, and how to drop that, I guess, and figure out, first off, what is, what does resistance feel like to you? Well, it feels like suffering. Okay. There's a, a, there's a meditation teacher we had on the show again, a long time ago, but he, Bob Bob uh, Thurman or somebody else. No, no. (laughs) His name's Shinzen Young. Oh, neat. he, uh, he, he, I think is the person who coined this equation. And the equation is that suffering equals pain times resistance. Okay. All right. So, so let's think about, um, I'll, I'll give you an example from my own life. My partner, Ginny's mom has Alzheimer's and every month for three and a half years, we go to Atlanta for half the month and then we drive back to Columbus and we go to Atlanta. And we, I mean, we've been doing this shuffle for, for three and a half years. Right. And I will say that living that way has a certain amount of inconvenience to it. I'll sure. just call it pain for now. Right. Okay. Now let's just say that I'm just making things up here, but let's say that pain is uh, on a level of one to 10 is like a three. Okay. Right. When I start getting into, I don't want to do it. Why do I have to do this? Yes. It's not fair that we have to do this. Why isn't Ginny's sister helping more? What all those are resistances. Okay. So let's just say, for example, that my resistance score on a level of one to 10 is also a, is a five. I'm really like, I just don't want to do it. Gotcha. All of a sudden now I have a 15 score of suffering five times three, right? (laughs) Right, right. Totally. So if I can turn down that resistance, even by like two, go from a five to a three on my resistance level. I just resist a little bit less. I just sort of, when my brain starts going, I don't want to, I just sort of go, well, you know, we've already decided this aligns with your values. Just relax. I bring the resistance down, right? If I bring that resistance down to a three, now I have nine points of suffering versus 15. And I did nothing to the original situation. Right. The pain is still a three. Right. Right. So this apply, if you look in, if you start to look in your life, you start to see resistance everywhere. You're like, I should go for a walk. Resistance. Mm. I need to do this thing in my work day and I don't like to do it. I have a story to go with resistance that, that I worked out. Tell me. Yeah. So I was feeling resistance every time we uh, flew to Japan. So, you know, flying to Japan is like a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that pain is whatever it is, right? Give it a three, right? So then we would land in Japan and we're not done yet, right? So we have to land in Japan and then we have to take all the bags and, and bring them over to the shipping place, right? And then ship yep. them. So there's this whole like another set of hours yeah. in the airport, right? Right. And I'm already tired and grumpy, 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I'm resisting in my head. I'm like, why doesn't everybody in the world know that I'm tired and grumpy already, right? That's uh, right. Yes, That's right. yes. So the, the voice in my head is screaming at the world thinking it can hear you, hear, yeah. hear me in my head yeah. screaming. Right. I'm tired and I want to lay down and go to bed and I can't and I'm mad. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's that's resistance for me. That's resistance. That's yeah. resistance. So then so then there's another like three hours of train rides and then we have to sit and chat. Right. So it's like this whole other day. Yeah. Of yeah. more a after yeah. a very long flight. So that's there's a, things that uh, you can do to reduce that pain. Yeah. Because that pain was a lot. Right. That's a lot of pain. Right. So we were like, okay, let's not do it all in one trip. Let's like mm -hmm. land, mail the stuff, and then get a hotel. Okay, so yeah. I literally reduced the pain. That's another thing you can do. <laughs> you can, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, dropping the resistance is, is it's the serenity prayer, right? Like right. you can change something that's problematic. You ought to probably change it. Yes. But if you can't or right. you've right, decided right. this is what I'm doing. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Because it aligns with my values, right. then I have to. I have to live with this pain. I don't. Right. So, like I said, like at some point, I was looking at all these people, right, and they're looking back at me, and all I want to do is just be horizontal for fuck's sake, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, totally. Yeah. You know, and um, and I realized, you know, they don't really know or care, right, of what's going on in my head. They, I know they love me and they're my family, but they don't know or care about what I'm doing in my head, right? They, yep. So I, it A, me whining about it in my head doesn't help. No. <laughs> it's not doing anything. So then I just decided to accept it. So when we landed, I would have a sandwich and a beer. And, and you already know what kind of medicine beer is. <laughs> I'm very familiar with that kind of medicine. I, uh, I, I've, I've sort of taken that to its, to its end and limit. Yes. yes, yeah. That you didn't get the middle path there for you. But I did. Unfortunately, no. I've often said two beers is the best antidepressant I have ever found in all my life. If you could and only I stop, have, yes. I've been searching, but <laughs> I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> So that was great. So you, you taught me, uh, 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 that was a great lesson about resistance, how to let it go. Um, so let's talk about, let's see here, this powerful perspective question to help you let go of any difficult situation. So this is just a reframe, it sounds like. It's a reframe, but it's a specific reframe. And it comes from, um, th there's a Buddhist idea of there are three marks of existence, Okay. This is going to get heady really quick, and then I'm going <clears> to <throat> yank it back up out of it. <laughs> Sounds First good. mark is impermanence. We can all see this. Things are impermanent. Right. The second mark is, uh, it's called uh, dukkha, or suffering or unsatisfactoriness. And then the last one is called uh, anicca, non-self. But all that just sounded like gibberish. There's a, there's a reformulation of that, um, that a, a wise Buddhist teacher by the name of Ruth King came up with, and it's permanent, personal, and perfect. Permanent, and so what, personal, yeah. and permanent. And perfect. So what I can ask okay. myself is, all right, am I thinking that whatever I'm going through is permanent? If so, I'm suffering. 
right? Right. You right. could look at your thing and be like, I am really tired. I really want to be in bed and I'm going to be done with dinner with them in an hour. This is going to end. Right. Right. Okay. That, that reframe of just reminding ourselves, okay, this is not permanent. What it's I'm not going to last forever right. is going right. to change. Right. The second then is personal. And, and this, we can think, we can think about this on a couple levels. One is you can sort of go, well, it's not personal that I'm tired after flying for two days. There's nothing wrong with me. That's, that's just life. That's a natural part of the human condition. So I don't have to think that this is happening to me as in like something that's bad. Like I could be like, well, why do we have to go to Atlanta every couple of weeks? Well, old people get sick. That's just part of the human condition. Right. I am just part of the, and so I can remember that, A, not only is it happening not just to me, I can connect with the fact that like lots of people go through this. I'm part of the human family. I can, I can relax. And then perfect is we just have this idea that like life has to be this certain way in order for us to be happy. And we Mm. spent a lot of time trying to get everything to line up and that just never works. Right. And so recognizing like, okay, it's not, you know, this dinner with my, with my family when I'm really tired is not the perfect family dinner that everybody wants, Mm. but that's okay. That's what families are. It doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, The psychologist Albert Ellis said that unhappy people hold on to three unrealistic expectations. They think that they should always do well. They think that people should always treat them well. And they think that, that life should always go well. And if you, that's your expectation, you're going to constantly be frustrated because right. we know that none of those things are true. There are times we don't do well. Right. There are times people are not particularly nice to us. And there are times that life doesn't go well. What's a wise response to that? Mm. So permanent, personal, and perfect is just a quick way when I'm in a suffering in a moment mm-hmm. to remind yes. myself it's not permanent. This isn't personal. I can see how I connect to the broader family. I can see how this is just the human condition and it doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay. I can let go of my expectation that this is wrong. Right. It shouldn't be happening. Right. That's the, that's the ultimate. The should. The should. It shouldn't be happening. Right. 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 Permanent, personal, and perfect is just a very quick reframe. And there are sub questions under each of those that we can, you know, that can be explored as different ways, but it's a very simple, quick reframe. And if we had more time, I'd give you 10 examples of ways in my life that's gotten me out of a difficult situation, but that's the essence of it. Gotcha. Uh, How are you doing on time? Should we be wrapping up now? Because it's already an hour. You tell me, how long do you like to go? I usually do an hour so we can wrap up now. I mean, we can do one more if you want to and then wrap. Yeah, give me one second. Okay, sure. All right. I'm uh I do this thing called food rescue where uh it's a it's a volunteer thing where we go to places that have food, like a restaurant that right. aren't use them, and we take them to places where we donate the food. So I did a rescue this morning of about eight bags of bread, and I took it to the place and they were like, We can only take one. So now I'm in the midst of this scramble with the other food rescuers. Like, where can we take this bread? So I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm doing here right. with a little bit of texting is trying to arrange these other seven bags of amazing bread from this great deli in Columbus, making sure they get somewhere they can be used. Oh, well, that's a, that's a worthy interruption. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I love, I've That's been loving awesome. food rescue. It's been a food great rescue. Wow. It's, it's just, that it appeals like to my frugality. Like, yeah. let's not let things go to waste. Yeah, yeah. It, I can just sign up for a route, be like, all right, I got time. I'll go grab food here, take it there. Like, it's not a. Wow. It's not, it's not a human, humongous commitment. Yeah, which I can't do because I'm in Columbus half the time, Atlanta half the time. I'm always going back and forth. So I can't make like a, every week I'll be here to do X. So right. it suited me perfectly. It's been such a uh, a great addition to my life. Oh, nice. Food yeah. rescuers. Food rescuer, yeah. <clears throat> yes. I'm a food rescuer. <laughs> you should get a superhero outfit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk uh, as we wrap up. So you yeah. are Eric Zimmer, oneyoufeed.net. And let's talk about uh, all or nothing thinking and then wrap it up. Okay. Go ahead. So I, I know I've, I'm probably guilty of this. Like in the military, you've got like sort of like this sort of like this whole perfect thing, right? There's a yeah. regulation and, a, and an instruction and a direction for everything. And then it's all written out how things are supposed to be. It never works that way. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. And so, like the all or nothing attitude for me was like, why isn't it like the book? Hey, <laughs> that's sort of like, it's supposed to be that way. Right. Is right. Yeah. Is that sort of like where you're going with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there are lots of, lots of examples of, of all or nothing thinking. Um, but I just gave one, right. All or nothing thinking is, well, if I can't make a, you know, serious volunteer commitment oh, right. every week to something, then I can't help. Right, well, right, right, well right. there are ways I, I found I, I had to, you know, I had to search, but I found ways that said, OK, there's a there's a middle way here. I can I can contribute as I'm able. Right. You know, OK, I contribute as I'm able. So that's an example of if I was in all or nothing thinking. My podcast is another example of it. When I started, I had a full time job. Well, you're 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 a beautiful example of this. Right. You are a beautiful example of this. You've been doing it just as I did. I was like, all right, well, I can uh, I've got a full time job. and I need to keep it for blah, 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 blah reasons. Right. Right. And I really want to do this other thing. So all or nothing thinking would say either I have to quit my job and go do podcasting full time, mm -hmm. which is a fool's errand. Right. Um, or. I'm going to, I have to keep my job, but I just can't do it. You and I both found a way that said, no, there is a middle way here. Right. I can keep my job and I can commit to that, but I can also find a way to devote some portion of my attention to this other thing that I love. So mm. that's middle way thinking. Right. You know, um, I saw a lot of, I, I, I've seen a lot of people in my life that, that pick one or the other, you know, mm. we, we, we get ourselves into these false choices. Gotcha. I'll give you yeah, another yeah. Real personal middle way example. Um, I was in a bad marriage for the first number of years I was doing this podcast, probably right. when you and I talked. Okay. And um, we were stuck in this dance of stay or go, stay or go, stay. It was all I explored. It was either I'm staying or I'm leaving. And it was, it was just, the, it didn't, I couldn't get, neither of them I could live with because we had, we had, I mean, I had a son and she had a son that we'd brought together in a mm -hmm. mixed family and we had dogs. We finally landed on, we were able to say, you know what? We're going to let the marriage part of this go, mm. but we're going to stay here in the house and we're going to co-parent these kids together. Wow. So there was a middle way. It was That's a thought. Huge. I, ne I never thought it would have been possible. 
I never would have thought it was possible. How, I'm not saying, I'm not did, saying everybody can do this. Yeah, I'm yeah, not right. Everybody can do this uh, because that it depends. Must mean like you guys are like really like just the marriage piece not working. A lot of other stuff working, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's just that when we thought it had to be, a, I mean, we were we were constant. You know, and, and I'm not saying that all of a sudden we made that decision. It was like, well, life became easy. No, 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 right. No. But it became easier I and just, it became doable. Right. And it allowed me to say, all right, I can stay sane. I don't have to sacrifice my mental and emotional health. Right. Or I don't have to sacrifice because we had kids. We had two boys, my son and her son in high school at that point and doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And that it just feels fragile to me. And I was like, I don't want to mess this up. And their other parents had been through multiple, multiple relationships, multiple households. So these right. kids have been cycled on the other side of their life. We were their sort of stability. Okay. And so we were able to find a middle way. Again, I'm not saying everybody can do that. I'm not saying you should stay for the kids. I'm not saying any of that. That's just what you did. I'm saying that we were able to find another way. And, and if we look at decision-making, one of the things, one of the basic principles of decision-making is, are there options you're not thinking of? Right. Often yeah. referred to as the third way. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. What, what, it's stay or go. We found a third way. Right. Totally. You know? So, so we want to look at that, you know, where can we, if we're feeling like we're forced into a binary choice, is there, you know, either quit my job and do podcasting or don't do it at all. Okay. Well, there's a middle ground. Right. right. Totally. You know, so, so that, that's an example of all or nothing thinking that we want to really look at in our lives. <clears throat> Where can we find a middle way, a third way, another way? Yeah. And now, you know, it's a perfect time because uh, it's a silver lining, I think, of the pandemic that not only is there a lot more remote telework, work from home kind of opportunities, but there's yeah. also like I was lucky enough to get a job where I I'm working four tens. So that means I get every Friday off. So that's why all of my record days are on Friday. <laughs> yeah. It worked out perfect. You know, it could not have worked out any better. So Eric, this has been a blast. Uh, I appreciate you uh, coming and hanging out with me for a third time. Uh, you're I, extra crazy, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess. And I, I am extra grateful to you for, for doing it again. I appreciate it. So you have a good day and good luck with uh, food rescue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and thanks and have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.